Here's a space, a space so powerful it allows an ordinary fan to share a chair with the owner of a team, a platform where supporters understand the intricate details of players' rights, a setting that bridges the gap between the dressing room and the grandstand, a space where tactics meet opinion, transfer news meet gossip, and the VAR system meets social media, a space for the football tribe. Le Coco. La space. Lita Gunjani Fit, it's been a while. What Vela Watula and Jay Wanyamala, we we don't know what he went How have you been? I'm good, I'm good, brother. Evening to everyone in the space. I think it's good to be here. I don't know, I was, I'm, I'm still in Devon. But it's just that I wasn't involved visibly in football. I won't be involved in football, but in my own space, not necessarily where people, most people can see me that I'm involved in football. Oh, because you used to dazzle uh, about in the field of play. And then, like, even your retirement, NJ, was just, NJ, you know, low key. So <laughs> when I requested you and Gikuluma no Pilani, and I was like, I have to have that man back. And 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 because in the retirement act, he has to tell us the whole story. Uh, like the, the transition from pro football to normal life. How was it? I need to ask you know, footballers can have a lifestyle, yes, superstars. Now you have to be yeah, a normal sure. human being like the rest of us. How was the transition? I to, the transition for me was was natural because I think uh, from the onset I never really had had it in my mind I'm a, I'm a pro footballer I've always held myself outside of the four lines as Ulita mm-hmm. as opposed to handling myself as a player or a player of Golden Arrows when, whenever anyone see me whether outside with the wall or just anywhere in Devon. Yeah, and, 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 and you know that, and Lisa, to, to, to cut in, but there's a, the general consensus that I'm getting amongst Abantu is that you're a very humble guy and, and who's Toby, like, you know, you're not pompous, you, you're not out there and, and that's, that's from what you're saying, I can actually connect the doors to say, ah, man, these people are not lying. Yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. Yeah, so I think it has a lot to do with how I grew up because even even when we entered the ball, my wife would be like, sometimes if somebody asks me, are you later the one who plays for us? I'm like, no, 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 it's my brother. <laughs> so, and but she would be like, but why are you lying? Because you're the best. But it was not necessarily because I didn't want to talk to them. But at some point, I just wanted to be Lita, not necessarily the footballer. But I, I, I would have football conversations with them anyway, but not necessarily wanting to be treated in the mall as a superstar. No, it, it, you should treat me as Lita because that's first and foremost who I am. Then when you see me playing within those four lines, it's still me, but uh, I'm at work. When I'm there, so there's no need to separate the two that much.
match, but it's just have to be your personality has to separate those two so that you don't have a bigger head. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, now that we got that out the way, um, and I have a full compliment of gentleman Lana. Um, I think we can kickstart the space. I know usually um, there's there's the intro that I play, but unfortunately due to load shedding, um, I'm not able to do that. So I officially declare the space started. Uh, we're going to be discussing the topic of engagement today. Is is a type of football uh, big teams play important? And I felt that it's very important for us to have this conversation because there were questions on the timeline um, with regards to how a team plays. Are results more important than you know, play in general. And like I always say, you are more than welcome to catch this conversation. Uh, if you're not able to catch it now, you have to go somewhere. You're more than welcome to tune into the our streaming platform. We are available on Spotify. We are available on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on, on YouTube. So do search Lekokola Space without any spaces and you will find the conversation. Without further ado, let me welcome the other two gentlemen that are here uh, so that we can get the conversation started. Mshega, let me start with you. Welcome, my brother. Uh, you muted, Mshega. Okay, it seems like Mshega is having connectivity issues yeah but we'll we'll get it right that that much i do know opta uh, welcome to the space guys if i'm still audible please give me a purple heart uh because i'm getting worried now both my guests are and um, they're not available um they are here but yeah uh, if i'm audible please give me a purple heart Okay, Mwemedi gave me a purple heart. Debo gave me a purple heart. Lita even gives me a purple heart. Gandama gesto I'm going to try one more time. Mshega, um, welcome to the space. Uh, I hope you can hear me because yeah, you. I was, you, I was getting worried. No man, I even had to like leave uh, my place because I'm actually like way outside. <laughs> I, I do apologize for getting you out of your comfort zone, but uh, these type of conversations are never comfortable, and I'm glad, low-key, that you're having it in a place where you can't be comfortable. Um, Opta um, says he cannot hear me. Um, I'm going to send him a message to for him to leave the space and then come back. Mshega, let's start. Let me start with you. Um, you're big on analysis. Um, the type of football that a team plays, without going much into details, is it important? Uh, 100%. Um, the philosophy in terms of the way that they're playing is definitely important. I think also we have to accept like football's gone to a different sphere, man. It's not even just about you can just throw 11 people on a pitch and just expect them to dance and put their knees on the ball and do some dribbles. There has to be a way in which a, a team sort of tries and scores goals and tries to prevent goals as well because those metrics are being counted, you know. So with those metrics being counted, there has to be a formula in terms of how a team operates on the pitch. So that is very important. And and, and I, I hear you saying important, and let me stay with you. Um, we 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 would have teams playing a certain way and and this is what we're going to get into this evening um where we're going to be looking at 
each and every team in, in, in particular. But what I want to find out from you, because you, you are mentioning the importance of play, um, is this more now in, in terms of big teams? Uh, are they under pressure to play like big teams? You know how be the dominant uh, factor, uh, be the one that's comfortable on the ball, uh, knock it around, have a philosophy? No, 100%. I mean, they they even more have the responsibility to sort of play in a way of dominance that you would say because you see it everywhere around the world. It's not necessarily just like you're limiting it to only particular teams. The likes of Arsenal have to play a particular way. The likes of Bayern Munich have to play a particular way. Orlando Pirates has to play a particular way. Chiefs have to play a particular way. Um, you also have, like, the reason why also these clubs are so big is that, like, I mean, us fans have made these institutions to be as big as they are, you know, and they have a duty to give back, you know. I mean, we have to go to a stadium and like what we see, you know. So they have a moral duty to sort of perform at those levels because also even the financials and where it puts them, they have to play better than the rest because they've got so many advantages. And now let me bring in Ulita, and, 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 and I, I was very deliberate in, in bringing him into the space because I needed a former player uh, to give us this perspective. Yes, we do have an, an analyst. Um, yes, we do have uh, numbers in terms of Opta. And, and, you know, they'll give us facts in terms of what it is that's being said. But Lita, um, as, as a former player, um, especially now if you're going to be, you know, maybe a new coach is being introduced to you guys, um, does the type of football that he would want you guys to play, um, does it matter? Or no cage and it's, ah, low, slalisa, he, or, or, because you played for a team that, that, you guys would knock it around. And, and I remember your team very well. You, you guys were very comfortable on the ball. Did it, did it matter? Was it, was it a big thing in terms of how a coach would approach his philosophy and try and then force it onto the player? Yes, definitely it mattered. Because remember, it depends also on the environment the players are coming from. Mm. The players that we that are played with, they would mostly come to on the board. Play the Lokshini, Abanyabasuga Makaya, but they are very comfortable. Because if you're in Australia, you're very comfortable on the board. That's one thing for sure. You play in small spaces and you're very comfortable. When it comes to playing, a bigger field, you would be much more comfortable. So it does matter, but you you find different coaches with different approaches. Obviously, as players, because we wanna play in a in a, in a more comfortable way, we need to, to be comfortable when you play. You tell me to go to the line, you ask me to play ten crosses in the first half, play ten crosses to one point five short player mm. how is he going to to head a ball against 1.7 <laughs> 1.8 so it doesn't make sense so all we have to do is we, we know each other's strengths and weaknesses but luckily i would think for me we i played under coaches that were that demanded us to to, to play football to mm. enjoy football when mm. i started at amazon we had to coach Uzi, coach Uregi, who, who, 
passed on and comfortable that so mm. those coaches they demand the preseason we never really had any running without the ball the whole of preseason we had the ball in our feet mm. but we were able to play for the whole season so it does matter a lot as to how the coaches approach the game because it affects the players if they don't they feel comfortable having to just kick the ball forward and play on the second ball <laughs> and thank you for that and i think that that also sets a perfect tone for us um lita sorry i'm just going to ask you to mute your your mic because i'm getting a, a bit of a feeder um you know that also sets a perfect tone in terms of the conversation that we're going to be having um and the numbers that are going to be brought in a lot of people were asking me that why were you bringing in uh, ulita in, in particular and I, I my response was that because he's somebody that played for a team that wasn't necessarily big but they were very confident in how they approached their philosophy was clear um it's one team that you know that they have a philosophy irrespective of which coach would come in and it's very rare to find that um, especially in the country where you struggle to identify big teams you struggle to identify a particular team in terms of how it is that they play but with golden arrows in particular you know what he La stand and you guys put it on the ground. So let me just move on to Opta and see if if, if he's able to join and in, into the conversation. Opta, welcome to to the chat, my brother. Uh, hi, Kogo. Thank you. Sorry about earlier. Uh, how's everyone doing? No, we good. Uh, it's Escom and and all and all the problems. So we do understand. Uh, even the listeners are a bit patient with us. So yeah, we we, we are good, man. Uh, we we very good. Interesting awesome. conversation. I hope from a numbers point of view, we we get to scrutinize it's we might even have to expose uh, particular teams you know so yeah how are we are we set on the numbers are we good to go i uh, will look forward to it alikoko uh, i think what's most important right now with this conversation is that we actually have a research that has been done over the last six seasons on which type of teams are winning what kind of football are they playing which numbers are jumping up for them and which teams are being relegated what kind of football are they playing and which numbers stand out so a lot of the feedback we'll give in this chat is based off of that research, which is still pi- private for now, but will be public in a month or two. I'm salivating already. This I like. Mshega, let me bring you in. Um, it's very rare to, like I was saying, uh, to identify some of the teams. I would then ask you a question and say, look, I've had a look at Pulwani City, for example, um, this season, and I'm bringing them in because they're they're a team that they've captured my attention. I wasn't expecting much from them, um, but they are playing um, and it seems like they're confident. And confidence in the sense that they're going to knock the ball around and they have ball players. This is something very unorthodox from Lechon Olosem. Did you expect anything like that from their team? I mean, when you bring in someone like Lechon Olosem and you expect a team to play because of what he did to Dominic Celtic and that's how we've always known to sort of move the ball around as well so even with me I was really impressed I watched the one game that I did watch was them against Cape Town Spurs and just in the way that they were moving the ball just in the way that Opolis as well was so crucial for them I mean even against Sundowns it was just it was just quality that I just thought you know but other than that they really tried to move the ball they really tried to have possession they really tried to have combination play but it was just pure quality why they did not 
be able to match Mamelodi Sundowns, but mm-hmm. I was really impressed with what I saw. And you know, let me let me bring you in, uh, Opta. He this Polokwane city that we're talking about. Um, I they, they they were relegated um, not so long ago. Um, I want not necessarily speaking about them, but like the type of teams that would then come into um, come into the the league and have to leave the league um, sooner, you know, without establishing themselves. In terms of when we look at the numbers and we look at teams that are comfortable that are smaller, uh, what do then the numbers suggest? Because now you want to look at a team like Golden Arrows. Yes, they're not big, but they are comfortable, and it seems like with them being comfortable in the ball, that kind of makes them safe. Is that safe to assume that? Uh, Opta, your mic is still muted. Yes, I was saying there are many ways to slice and dice these numbers. And I'll just start here in terms of possession, ball possession. What has happened in terms of the teams that end up in the top four or the teams that end up in the top eight or those that end up getting relegated? So it's clear in the last five, six seasons, ball possession has been a big thing in the league. Teams that are in the top four finish in the cup spots rather the top three are teams who number one have the most passes per game and have the most ball possession per game we're talking an average 55 percent and there's a clear gap between the, those teams and the teams in the rest of the league the teams that are in relegation they are the teams who have less control of games we're looking here at teams with 300 passes per game sometimes 388 passes per game and constantly they find themselves in the relegation zone so it's teams that don't have control of the games that we find fighting relegation or the teams that have more more possession, more ball um, play with them, they are winning the league and ending in the cup spots. Mm. Interesting observation that you're having. Um, I'm not sure if you might have these stats, uh, but I want, I would, I'd like to take it back to the Kaiser Chiefs, Stuart Baxter. Was it also something similar? Uh, were we noticing them winning, like playing comfortably? Uh, I'd like to take it to the league-winning team guy, Kevin Hunt. Uh, the vets. Was it also something similar that we were noticing? Now, unfortunately, the data only comes up from 2016-17 going onwards, so we don't have much data back in the day. No, then fair enough. Okay, then let, let me bring in um, Lita now for for for, for the sake of this, of this chat. Look, Lita, um, Opta's mentioning numbers. And, and one thing about numbers, those they don't lie. We now have to try and look at teams individually because we've started with Bulawani City. I would like to find out with regards to the teams now that are languishing in the bottom. We look at Cape Town's, uh, Cape Town Spurs. Um, it, it was expected that they'll struggle. Um, I mean, with the fact that they didn't go into the market, they were not aggressive into the market. They thought that they can be comfortable and just, you know, probably try and rely on the experience that they have. The football that they play, um, does it inspire confidence to say that they're in the big league or they still have the mentality of playing the football that was the NFD football? Because the NFD football is different from the PSL football. In the NFD, it's man-to-man marking and... Looking at them, uh, would you say that they would they inspired confidence? No, I wouldn't say so. 
have watched them just one match, but I I I felt they still in that mentality of the NFT. I think Ujabu mentioned a lot of things he, he was referring to are very important, but one aspect he forgot to your question in relation to your question rather, Ugoti, teams need to control the game. Mm. And the one aspect with Captain Space, they do not have control. Because in, in, a, in a football match, you don't control the space, you don't control the position. What are you doing? Because the person who has possession will definitely control even the space. So you'll end up being a visitor on the field. They don't inspire confidence unless maybe they go back into the drawing board early because to a certain degree, it's much better to see yourself and, and, when you lose matches to why you lose matches than rectify that early in the season. And this drawing board, Le Ukurma um would it perhaps include a change in coaches or do you think the coach that they have... Um, is perfect for the football that they would then put on display and getting them results. I mean, he's the one that promoted them. Well, I think I've, I've, the Golden Arrows shown was, was, was there when I was in the Golden Arrows. Mm. The type of football that he likes is, is when you get to the final bet very quickly. One, two passes need to be there and you need to be able to play across this for the strikers to score and so it's 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 the way he looks at the, at the game you have to keep running and running in the match but there's one other thing that we do not pay attention to when you are still in a match it's very important to to have that moment where you are still but and and observe that's where most of the players that are very, very good in terms of reading the game. You find them, they are not really all over the place. They they so calm on the ball, but when they get it, they decide. I don't think that it has to go into changing a coach, but it touches another issue in South African football, the identity. Mm. Why are you hiring a certain coach? And what did you look at from that coach's perspective? Because mm. A trend in South Africa. I mean, I went to the NFD. I want a coach who has uh, promoted a team in the NFD. Regardless of how that coach plays, wants to or wants to play. So, if you do that, and then the coach gets to the PSL, there's no running in the PSL with the ball. Because you mm-hmm. run with the ball, you'll be dead. So it, it, it also goes back to the team itself, the structure. Why are you hiring a coach? If you want to hire a coach who plays this type of football, then you need players who will play that kind of football. 100%. Um, now, Jab, let me, let me bring you in here. And, and for the sake of time, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to look at all the teams because you know we only have a certain limited number of, uh, of minutes to have this conversation. Last last season, uh, Jebba, I was I was I had to compile um, highlights of goals for Richards Bay, and it was a struggle for me to compile those goals. And I was like, "Yo, oh, in a season, these guys 
yeah, no, they, they, like they struggle to score. And maybe I was like, but maybe I'm not being honest. Let me just go back to where they were doing well because there was a point where they were second on the log. And even during that time, I struggled to find goals. Are we? I'm not surprised by that. What I've discovered, in the sense that themselves find finding themselves in 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 where they're languishing right now. Um, are they candidates for automatic relegation? I think the story of Richards Bay uh, is that they were not even if they were winning in the first half of last season, the underlying numbers were not that good. So they were, when you look at a metric like expected goals. It's always been very bad. So there were times where Richards Bay would have win the game 1-0, but then they created maybe 0.3 XG worth of goals. Sometimes they would score two goals in a game, but having created 0.5 XG worth of goals. They had a very good goalkeeper, if you remember. Salim ended up winning goalkeeper of the month at some point. And not only that, let me just add on to that. It was not just a month, it was two months back to back because those goalkeeper of the, the goal of the uh, goalkeeper of the month award was crammed into two months. So yeah, yeah. Just to support on that. Sorry about that. All good, all good. It was back to back goalkeeper of the month, which while it's praiseworthy, it also shows you that he was saving the team basically. And in the long term, you can't escape your numbers in the long term. You can't escape your expected goals. It'll catch up to you. It caught up to them at the end of last season. Fortunately, there weren't enough games for them to get relegated. But then if nothing changes in a major way in the first few games of the season, then they'll be a prime candidate for relegation. Now, Sheikh, let me bring you in here. And I'm going to ask you a simple question and I expect a simple answer. Well, it might not be simple because I expect you to unpack it. How does a team go for a year without being beaten? Well, um, it's various—it's a variation of factors. Um, number one, there's a plan in place. Number two, there's a philosophy in place, and uh, number three, there is quality that is in place as well. Can you can you can you hear me? Loud and clear, Kiryo. Okay, yeah. There's also quality in place as well, and um, when you have those factors put together, when you have that long-term vision put together with with regards to the team, and you mix that all up. You're only going to get a really good plate of food, and that's how it happens. Um, and that is something that this particular club has been able to do for a long time. And one thing I love about this particular club as well is that they take it very seriously, man. Um, they take it very seriously from even clean sheets, um, the number of goals that is being scored as well. So when you put that all together, quality, planning, um, vision, philosophy, coaching, this is what you get you lose very little games and you see that all over the world it's not just particularly here Opta what's this obsession with this team at just trying to be better because you know there was a point in in, in my football watching life and I said there's absolutely no way that you can get better from this um, this is the ceiling but they just seem to want to get better. Like, how do you better numbers that are best, if I'm making sense with that question? Um, again, Likoko, I'll go back to the underlying numbers. I love expected goals, expected points, and everything that says expected. Because there are instances, even if Sundowns has won six league titles in a row, there were some seasons where they're actually not the best team in terms of creating the most chances, mm. creating the highest quality chances. 
having the best defense that lets through the least quality chances as well. So there are times where they were not, let's say Kaiser Chiefs, for example, last season, they had, they took the most shots. They had the highest XG throughout the whole league in the season. But then when it came to finishing those chances, even if they'd created them, they didn't get to be as clinical as perhaps a Sundowns or even an Orlando Pirates or Supersport would. So it's, it's, it's a very complicated issue. Hey, I, I think it's the one thing I noticed while digging through the numbers today is that Sundowns have only considered one goal in the first half of games in the last year. Wait, uh, Jabba, I'm going to need you to please repeat that slowly because it, 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 it boggles my mind. It, it, I cannot comprehend what you just said now. So maybe I think if you ask lower, I, I, I'll, I'll understand. <laughs> so it's that Sundowns have considered just one goal in the first half of games in the last year, league games only. That was against Golden Arrows. So it just speaks to a team that is in control and teams really... If they don't get to score in the first half, they may end up thinking, you know what, a point against Sundowns is not that bad. Let's just sit back and take that home. But then this team will pass you to death and end up finding a breakthrough one way or the other. Yeah, all right. Um, Lita, this team that we're talking about, the Sundowns, um, is there a plan for it? Um, and- because Opta is also mentioning the fact that they'll they'll pass you they'll pass the ball around until you give in. Surely, um, as as somebody who's played, um, you know, you would fancy your chance to say, "Ah, Buffett, let's just go there and just block. Let's play low block and then go there and and and, and move around and just get our point and see back right." Yes, I, I think we we still have to if you are to beat standouts, uh, I don't want to use the words of the coaches, you can say pound to pound because <laughs> you have a plan, a proper plan. You can go pound to pound because you are fit, but if it is you end up with the other one first. Sometimes if you want to beat them, there has to be a plan. You, you have to dig deeper in terms of how you play football because personally, I think a Sundowns without the ball would be a Sundowns that will, will start getting frustrated. The more you keep the ball, the more they chase because they're not used to that. Mm. Their game plan is more about allowing you few minutes or seconds on the ball and they take it. And if those few seconds they don't get the ball, it goes to minutes. And those minutes they don't get the ball, I'm sure the frustration will creep in. They will need to have the ball so that they are in control of the space and time. That's how and, sometimes people. And and, and give an to to you know to a certain point. And let me also pro- probe further uh, the statement that you're making because um, I've noticed most of the goals is the sundowns or they 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 force you to make a mistake. It's, it's sure. like like you say, they, as soon as you get the ball, they force you to make a mistake, and and, and you have to. You it's it's hard for you to recover. Very true. Let can I please make an example? A game against Alondo Pirates. I think I I that that's one thing I, I I went into deeper analysis, but I I concentrated on how they got to 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 score the goal early in the minutes. Everybody's sleeping. 
but sometimes when it was not they knew exactly what they were doing and they ended up winning that that, that match 1-0 and the pirates they pressed the pirates when the ball was in the in their keeper's feet but without really going on a one-on-one they opened certain spaces they closed certain spaces and alando pirates gave in but passed exactly where they wanted and three players were there they won the ball they passed it one two passes and the ball was scored mm. and if you look at i'm sure jabu maybe have better view when it comes to this I've seen a lot of goals where Ushalulile was the main person who went into the press and he also has is more even powerful the negative press even if the first line they they went ahead I mean beyond the first line the opponent but Shalulile will still be there and whenever Shalulile presses Sanan wins the ball look at the Kaiser Chiefs where uh, I think everybody said there was an offside Mm-hmm. where the goal that the very first goal that was scored Shalulile kept on pressing and the goal went to the keeper and the keeper made a pass then that's when uh, Sundowns passed so whenever Shalulile is around which tells you about how Sundowns presses so if for instance you go beyond the first line and you frustrate the second line again without them getting the goal you almost stay in beating Sundowns but you have to take keeper you can't do that in one match it, it has to be something that is within the team's culture and identity you have to know keep playing football when you need to beat sanders you can't beat sanders if you're looking that just because you're playing sanders it won't work i don't think so and i like that uh, but unfortunately we have to move on from ee sundowns uh, because like i said we are limited for time remember to do catch um, this conversation if you are not able to catch it from the beginning we are available on on apple podcast we are available on spotify as well as uh, youtube so there you'll get the podcast where you're able to hear everything that was shared with regards to this topic i'm sure um lita is mentioning a kaiser chiefs and i think uh, let's get into this kaiser chiefs um opta earlier on said they created a lot of chances i think most of their supporters were not aware of this and i it, it, it's something that i as soon as i saw this state and i think i was with you on the day when when we analyzed these numbers um I, I, it was the culling culling cup the culling black label cup that day and we analyzed these numbers and then kaiser chiefs came out tops in terms of the chances they created they had to transition and move into a new coach they had to transition and not only a new coach a new era a new team um how they've been playing this season um what can you say does it inspire confidence are they positives because you've been very critical of them uh, and and it's it's a known secret please unmute yourself shakes yeah no i'm here um i've been very critical well critical in the sense that obviously trying to figure out in terms of the way that they're playing that sometimes i watch kids achieve and they try build up from the back but it's almost like you almost it's like it's almost like false evidence in terms of people that pass out from the back they think like this is how you build up they pass out from the back and as soon as when they get to the middle of the pitch there's not necessarily a plan in terms of what they're trying to do i mm. think they've become very predictable maybe even more predictable than what others one is chiefs was so for them Ashley Dupree is key is key at all times um if he's not there necessarily making those runs that they're looking to make 
then you sort of figure out in terms of what else are they necessarily trying to do. I think they rely a lot on individual brilliance. So you look at the goal, Ulemudi scored individual brilliance. You look at sometimes even mm-hmm. the runs that, that Ashley Dupier has, of course, he's got that trait within him to make those to make those runs. But I just don't see a sequence of how they are trying to score. And also, it, I mean, if, if Chiefs are a tra- transitional team, they must just say they are transitional and they must try and probably work that out. You know, when you watch the game against Stellenbosch, that first half for me, I mean, you watch Stellenbosch, they're a transitional team. They know when to fall back into shape. They know when to win it. They know when is Reyna's going to make that run, when Adams is going to make that run when Van Veek is going to make that run, it's like it's planned, per se. And as for Chiefs, it's almost like once they win the ball, it's Ashley Dupree that they try to look for. So if they're a transitional team, then perfect that then. And I don't think they are perfecting it as well. And the last results that they got, in my opinion, as much as it's a couple of goals that they've scored as well and they got the drug mm-hmm. from the Sanos, I can't help feel they were incredibly lucky because there were chances that they also conceded. All right. Um, Opta, I saw a tweet uh, during a Sundowns and Kaiser Chiefs match, and it was from a Kaiser Chiefs supporter. He said, Aubana, my team cannot even construct three passes. Three passes fail. I think it was Chemi. Um, is he correct? Uh, three passes, uh, were they struggling? Uh, can we look at the number of passes that they complete in matches? Considering the fact that they've only played uh, one big team, well, it, it, in Sundowns, both in the MTN8 as well as the DSTV Prem, is the is passing a problem with Kaiser Chiefs? Um, they are completed completed passes there. So, um, what we have here is only data from last season. Hey, not much from this season. Um, but we can try and look at the success rate this season that's as much as we can get um this is an average five games played in the league 78 percent 68 percent 79 74 and 73 which averages out to 74 percent pass rate um i i think yeah it will take time to look at the data from last season though no no fair enough so if we can just summarize it because i you mentioned a very important statement when we started that um, teams that have the possession of the ball um, are more likely to be impactful and they are more likely to to get results and win trophies and, and go on and dominate the league and you know, be in the Champions League. So the reason I'm asking you this is because we witnessed, yes, it was a cup game, but we witnessed a very low margin with regards to the ball position. Uh, it, it was very... You know, I, I try leg um, from Kaiser Chiefs. I, 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 I never thought that Kaiser Chiefs would play within that area with regards to Ipo position. This season, um, um, are they still not getting the ball position um, that they want? Like Ushakes is saying, are they more of a transition team? Um, are they making route one passes? Maybe, I don't know, with regards to the info that you have. Um, even if it's just you know just a little bit of snippet in terms of what it is that you can guide with regards to this conversation. Sure, absolutely. I mean, we're just here to present what the numbers say. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, there are instances where having a low possession is a good thing or can be a good thing. It can actually lead to a winning result. Some of these cup competitions, you only have 
to win maybe five games or three games and draw two and win by penalty shootouts. So you can actually get away with it. It's mm. not necessary that you always have to have high possession in order to win games. In fact, what we see here with the two games that Chiefs have won this season in the league, 41% possession against Amazulu and 49% possession with against Stellenbosch. And obviously there's the cup game as well where they had a very low amount of possession. While they had 53% in the nil-nil with Chipper and 57% in the defeat to TS Galaxy. Those are the games where they had high possession, but then they lost those games or at least dropped some points. So, Lita, Opta is bringing in another dimension that we actually never thought about. Maybe Coach Nseki was sitting at home one day looking, analyzing his team because as any man would do, you want to know where you're falling short. And perhaps he saw, it's like, okay, maybe I'm exerting a lot of energy unnecessarily, so maybe I don't have the capacity to exert that energy. Maybe I don't have the reach for now. Let me buy myself time. And the best way to buy yourself time would be to to get results. I mean, fans celebrate results well, most of the time. And then, especially with a team that's been going through a, dr- a drought, um, winning would then need to be part of the culture. Winning would, with the winning mentality would need to be brought back. Do you think now we might be seeing a Kaiser Chiefs that's going in that trajectory in terms of how it is that they play? Um, less energy, more results? potential energy, kinetic energy type of thing. Um, are they just going to be effective? Let's get the business done, wrap it up, go home, gentlemen, and we have our points in the back. Uh, I think so. I think as a chance with the changing of coaches with, with the, from the last time they won a, a cup, it, it did them bad, I, w- I, w- I would put it for a better way. Because now, each and every coach that comes in at Kaiser Chiefs wants to win. I would agree with Shakes when he says Kaiser Chiefs are transitioning. Because listening to, to Opta, he says there were games where Kaiser Chiefs had high position, but they lost those games. There were matches where they had low position, but they won. Which tells me that with low position, Kaiser Chiefs are controlling space. Mm. Which is preparing for that transition. When they win the ball, they play it to Dupree, which most of, it, of their, their goals, that are, I mean, the goals that I've seen, but uh, Opta would have a better sketch on that. Mm-hmm. They're using him more than anything. But on the high position in the Oscar game, it tells you that they were vulnerable when they had the ball, which again goes back to what Shakespeare they have the ball. They play out from the back. They don't build from the back. And now playing out from the back, it gets to the middle third. They don't know what to do, which makes them vulnerable. Because if that individual is closed that they wanted to use to come out or maybe to get into the final third, then what? They don't know what, what's next. And that makes them vulnerable. So I think their coach now decided that, okay, you know what? Let's play on transition. But we play out from the back so that we draw the opponents, but we use the space behind them. Because for a better part, against Thunder, they played a game where they just controlled the space. They didn't want to allow Thunder any space to, to be able to play forward passes behind them. They had that one cross and they scored. 
So I, I, I think it's more about results now with Kaiser Chiefs. But I, I think if they have to go that route, it will also catch up with them. <laughs> All right. Um, before we continue with this conversation, um, I would like to make you guys aware, uh, by the listeners, please be aware that uh, I'm going to be opening the lines where you are more than welcome to request and ask your question. But before I do that, I think it's important that we we don't leave out this team and, and the team that we're going to focus on next. And I think it's very important, especially because it's a team that's on on an upward trajectory and their football is better. Their, their playing style is better. It has improved tenfold um, from how they play, you know. Yes, they had won tro- a trophy before, but now they're not only winning trophies, they're playing beautiful football, and you can actually see, and there's there's a build-up. Um, Shakes, I saw a goal um, that Orlando Pirates scored uh, against Thelis, and they were patient. What they did was knock the ball around. They didn't flinch. They didn't even stress about it. And in my head, when I saw that goal happen, all I could hear was, uh, Jose Rivero saying, if you are going to play a low block against Orlando Pirates, we are going to beat you. And I said, yeah, this is true. Our team's going to, going to get beaten this season uh, trying to play low block. Funny enough, it's interesting that you mentioned um, the low block and you're speaking about the low block. I think that was after the Stellenbosch loss within the league. So what I found interesting, the difference between the two a low block, but the difference between that and the cup game was I felt in the league game, Pirates were just knocking it the whole time. Like they're just knocking, 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 knocking. And I thought they're not disrupting the defense in any kind of way. You're sort of playing in front of Stellenbosch. And what I think mm-hmm. they did different within the cup game was suddenly you saw crosses coming in and isn't it ironic that the two goals that they scored in the cup game just happened to be from headers so they mm. sort of disrupted uh, the defense of Stellenbosch which caused them to be more concentrated now if you're disturbing them at some point they maybe might make a mistake and it just so happens that they started to put crosses in versus the, the league game so I like the fact that he is capable of changing um, when need be so if team mm-hmm. want to set low block Pirates have got various players to also play various ways as well Okay um, I know Pagania is your team <laughs> a lot of people maybe don't know that and um, look something major is brewing there something beautiful is happening and, it, and it's beautiful to witness we are going to be witnessing a huge clash especially with sundowns you know where you teams are going to be open and they're going to be going probably going pound for pound as damogan would say the changes that they've implemented and the changes that uh, rose uh, jose has implemented and and you know shakes is mentioning them with regards to crosses and having to to play those have yielded great results for one player in particular and that happens to be zakele lepasa um what are the numbers say Ah, uh, thanks, Likoko. Uh, I don't know where the Orlando Pirates thing came from, but yeah, we'll just let it slide. Um, <laughs> so I think what we know about Pirates from last season is that they were a very direct team. If there's one word or one style of play that just summarizes how Pirates played is that they were direct. Or rather more direct than other teams in the league. 
And we saw that with a lot of goals that they scored, if you look at the high-profile games, especially against Sundowns in the MTN8, where it was direct play that got them out. And Sundowns were still in possession of balls, but then always caught either on the counter-attack or caught by some sort, some other type of direct attack. And the change that we've seen this season, we can't. it's still too early to say with the data that's here. Um, it's still a thin read for data that we have, but we're seeing a Pirates that's, I'd say, taking more shots. Uh, maybe that's how Zakeli Pasa has benefited in this time, taking more shots. We're looking at 18 shots in the first game of the season, 14, 9, and 14 in the last game. And even within those shots, we're talking about eight shots on targets so a team that's averaging seven plus shots on target, that's a good omen in terms of attacking play. But then there's always a payoff. There's always a, a contra entry. If you did accounting, there's always something else. For every debit, there's a credit. And mm. the instance this time has been that the defense has looked a bit shaky. Whereas last season, we knew that Pirates had a very, very solid defense. Correct, correct. Um, Lita, he's mentioning something about the defense. Uh, they've, you know, they've become a bit vulnerable, and is expected with any change that's that's happening. Um, if you're going to go forward, you're going to be exposed at the back. Uh, that's just natural to see. Can we then, to the fans, that is, can we then say to Orlando Pirates supporters, look, guys, um, don't be too hard on the team in terms of the goals that you're going to be conceding, because you are going to witness beautiful goals. But just know that you'll concede. But be comfortable in the fact that you will win the match. I, I wouldn't say necessarily so because it is important not to concede. In a, in a case where let's look at that game they played against Belandosh, they scored. I think there were there was like two minutes before the game was was finished. So in a case like that, if that happens to there will be a cry in terms of how are they defending. Because if you are a team that plays like Orlando Pirates plays now, yes, they have they tend to have more position of the ball now. They no longer that Orlando Pirates are solid at the back and they play direct. Now they keep the ball and try and probe the opponent to open. But they have to try and work on the defensive. I don't think that it would be good for them to keep opening themselves at the back. They have to work on while they're trying to create the chances in their position of the ball. Yes, position is useful to create chances, but not when you have to defend. So they have to try and work on that on that defensive part of their game, of their game. Because once they have the ball, they need to be ready for when they lose it. I think that's the thin line between Orlando Pirates attacking and Orlando Pirates conceding goals. When they attack, because they attack with speed, they have to be mm. always ready in terms of their defense. They have to be ready to when they lose the ball. What do they do then? Now, Mshega, um, with the game that I mentioned in particular. Sorry, before Mshega, before I ask you this question, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the line is open. You're more than welcome to request and ask your question. We are going to be closing the space within the next few minutes. I don't want to say six and the next thing we have uh, over time. I've, 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 I've learned my lesson. So yeah, um, please do request. If you're scared to request, you can, you're more than welcome to put your question on the timeline. 
or you can DM me the question. I'll be able to see it, then I'll, you know, I'll pass it on to the to the panel, and then we can discuss it. Mshega, there's a game happening that's about to happen. Um, the fixture that was shifted from the Tuesday, the 19th, to the 20th, where Sundowns and Pirates are going to be playing. You have one on one side. You have a free scoring Orlando Pirates. On the other side, you have a Sundowns that doesn't want to give much, but at the same time, and Kaiser Chiefs have kind of exposed the fact that you can um, try and limit their entry in, 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 you know, in terms of making shots on target or scoring. Whether it was by fluke or otherwise, I think this is something that was put on display for everybody to witness. Are we then going to notice within this game, are we, should we expect goals um, from both teams? Because if one is high scoring, the other one... Yeah, just happens to score goals. They know how to score goals. Um, we've really not not had these games that produced a lot of goals. I think the last match that we had where it produced a lot of goals between these two teams was the NetBank Cup, where there was that four-one drubbing. Are they going to be goals? Um, I think there should be. I think there should be goals from the evidence that we're seeing at this current moment. But I think what is very crucial né, is that that Chiefs game exposed certain things, but I think it did not necessarily tell the full story because of the number of players that Mamelodi Sundowns had missing within that game. So if, if if you look at the league game that they played here, the Chiefs, I think they were exposed a lot more in the league game and so Lille could have had like a brace or maybe even a hat-trick. But the fact that the Morenas are not there, the fact that Tambazwani left the pitch early, it sort of gives you that false picture like, oh, maybe they did. You know, you just ask yourself the question, had Sundowns had all their players, would have it played out the same way? And I think what's going to be very uh, important with regards to the Orlando Pirates and the Sundowns game is Orlando Pirates shouldn't be emotional going into this game. I think the mistake that they made in the league games last season was I thought they were emotional, but the way they played um Sundowns in the MTNA, that was probably the best way to put it, the best way to sort of defend when to break out. But also mm. I must highlight within those MTN8 games, if I remember really well, Charlila wasn't there and Lita already exposed the importance of Charlila and his pressing and his hard work rate and all that. So if all Sundowns' players are back and fully fit and you have Orlando Pirates' players that are also fully fit as well. It, there should be goals, but the most important thing for me is is Orlando Pirates not being emotional within the game. Because if they are, Sundowns have played this many times. They played Champions League many times. They play big games many times. It's all about how Orlando Pirates approaches the game. All right. Opta, you have a coach that has a wealth of experience in terms of winning not only trophies but the league you have two players that have experience in terms of how to win and manage games three you have players that are have an experience in terms of winning the league four you have a transfer window that brought in huge number of players and not just any players high profile players we're talking about terence you know we're talking about lyle k the list is endless you then also have a team that had this budget 
this huge budget from selling this PD player called Maseko, and now they they're spending that budget. Are we not noticing SuperSport as the title contenders or the favorites at our own peril? Are we then not noticing the fact that these guys have the perfect formula to to win the league because nobody's watching them? Yes, they might have slipped against Golden Arrows, but I looked at their match against Stellenbosch and I say they had no right winning that match. But because they are champions that they are and the coach knows how to win this thing, they, they were in there and they took all the three points. Uh, sure. Look, I think last season we had Supersport having a very strong home record. That's what these numbers show us. They were unbeaten, actually, at home in the league last season. They were only the eighth team. Sorry, baby here is crying. Don't worry. I, I like to put it clear, but do not worry about the baby <laughs> in the background. We actually welcome that environment. So carry on. Yeah, she's uh, she's supporting rather. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So SuperSport had a very good home record, uh, unbeaten at home. Only the eighth team in PSL history to finish a season without a home defeat. But then what happened was, as we focused on that home record, we kind of forgot the away record, which was not very good. So I'm just looking at some of these numbers. We've written an article about it actually recently. And that away from home, Supersport were not playing that well. Um, I'm looking here. They are, they beat Stellenbosch uh, at the end of August. And that was their first away win since January, since the first game in January of 2023. So that was a run of... 10 away games without a win. Put simply, that's where they need to fix. That's where they, they still have a long way to go in terms of at least rectifying that away form. So we can confidently say once they get that sorted, um, the title contender is probably, probably high title contender. It, if if I'd say if they didn't have calf distractions or other cup competitions, it would be easier to do. If they can fix that away form, they can compete, but then it's going to be very difficult given the schedule that's already on their plate. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, like I said, you're more than welcome to request and ask your questions. In the absence of any questions, I shall continue to ask the question. Uh, gentlemen, it is 8 o'clock. Um, I am asking for optional time, maybe like six, seven minutes. Am I good, Shakes? All right, Shakes has given me the th thumbs up. I got thumbs up from Opta. Lita, are we good to go? Ah, we good. Lita, um, let's look at a team, for example, like Amazon. They brought in a coach. I'm expecting a lot from them. And... There's structure, there's backing from the management, there's, you know, the players are being brought. You never hear any stories of players not being paid. Um, it's a well-run team. Should we then expect, especially with the coach that they've brought in, should we then now expect them to play up there, um, play within the region of, of, of the big boys? Because they are solid. Everything else is in place. It, 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 you know, they're, they're not chance takers. Let's just put it that way. Should we then expect them to now start picking up and maybe this break might be something that they needed? Yes, they didn't have a solid start, but moving forward, that's the direction they should be taking. 
Yes, definitely. But I always expect a lot from Looking at how they, the team is, is run, I think the only challenge Mazzucco has is football-wise, is, is, is being able for, for us who are watching football to be able to identify as to how are they playing, how do they want to approach them. Mm. But with the new coach, you would then expect him to slowly put in the work and we, we will be probably able to see as to how the, he wants his team to play, what kind of football he believes in. But I, I believe with all the structures from management down, they sorted, but football-wise, Amazulu has to give more than they have been given in the past seasons. So I'm, I'm hoping that this new coach will give Amazulu something different where we are able to watch them, see exactly the coach from from how they play and see him stamping his authority and saying, this is how I want football to be playing. I think once Amazulu gets that one right, I think we would expect them to be challenging mm-hmm. and consistently being in the top four or top eight without having to fight for with teams in the relegations or no. They have to be at the top. And you know, Mshega, I'm looking at at, at Amazulu's Amazulu coach, and he's from Spain. And his three books would then tell me that there's a certain Antonio Lopez Habas that was at Sundance. Um, there's a certain Jose Rivero that is at Orlando Pirates. And these guys, they're not they their football is is is, is Spanish, and as as we've become accustomed to uh, the, the type of football that's been played. It's, it's, it's entertaining. It's, it's easy to see on the eye. Should we then, once that whole system fully clicks in, should we then expect an Amazulu to play like that? And if we are expecting that, do they have the players to carry that out? Yeah, um, definitely. Look, at, at, to be fair, from what I've seen from Amazulu this season, it's positive. It's a lot more positive than what I would say negative. The only thing I've I've noticed is they are a lot more obsessed with possession and that, that there's nothing wrong with that. But also like that possession must res, must result in sort of end results per se as well. And when every every time I look at Amazul as well, I, I just always I mean if you ask me about consistent performers go Amazulu, I think really more to I think Hanamob. And then from there on, I'm just like, but who else is also like, I, mm. I, I don't know. I, there's not too many names that I can sort of just sort of pick out. And sometimes you find players with, with inconsistencies as well. And sometimes I put it onto them because I want them to have sort of that pride to keep wanting to play on a high as well. So if they can get that right in terms of having to put out seven out of 10 performances all the time i think the in um i think there's positive signs for sure but i just think i would like more consistent performance performances from individuals within the team all right um with the absence of questions uh, let me go to opta and say opta um this season has just started but 
for me, um, like I said earlier on, and I said that my surprise for the season so far is uh, Bolokwane City. I wasn't expecting that to happen. From the number side, whether it be attacking, whether it be defense, whether it be clean sheets, and so on, which team or teams rather would you say they have shocked you or that you didn't expect this? They've put out a miracle or they've you know they've just you were not expecting what they've put out on the table and you probably impressed or not impressed uh, can i open that and then get back to you quickly 100 percent it's fine lita um let me let me take that question to you before while while opta is is is, is punching in the numbers Uh, from my side, I think if Bologna City, I wouldn't say surprised because of Ulisohonolo, but I'm 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 happy with what I saw from from them. It looks like they are in, they they they're going to do it fight and they're going to do it so with us watching football when they play. Um, Golden Arrows, I, I would say I'm I'm also happy seeing them going back to the type of football that was slowly, slowly, they were, they were a, a team that plays football. They will always be a team, a football playing team. But with, with the years that, I mean, the past few seasons, Golden Arrows, you will see them not really playing the way they've just played now as when this season opened. But I'm, I'm just happy to see the way they're playing now. I think, I think they're going to do well this season. Better than they've done in the past. The departure of the coach, isn't that going to be a dent in, in what it is that they're trying to achieve this season? I think that all that, that mainly depends on how they approach that situation. Was that football they played based on Bukano or... Is, is it something that they, they all believe in? Because that's another thing in our football in South Africa. You find that a head coach believes in this kind of football, then he leaves or is put on leave. Then the assistant coach plays a totally different football. And then you ask yourself, how did these two become? <laughs> because the two people that sit on the bench when they believe in two different kinds of football. But if they all believed in that kind of football, I think there will be consistency. Yes, it will be a, a matter of players adjusting to the fact that he's no longer there. Probably the ones that were loved by him or loved him will be affected, but they will have to carry on because that's the type of uh, challenge. Those are type of challenges you face as a footballer. But I'm, I'm sure if they all love, loved the kind of football that they play. They will consistently continue to, to, to play. Let me let me bring it back to you, Jabu. Uh, the numbers uh, are they good? Are we getting a response? Are we getting a ping from from your computer lab? Um, I think what, what I can add at least about Ipolo City is that they. So I think we have to be careful. In 2019, they also started at the same pace. Ipolo City. They had six points from their first four games. I think. But then they still ended up relegated. So it's still a bit early to kind of look at the general numbers and then make uh, sweeping conclusions. Uh, some stats that stand out here. 
looking at shots is one thing, but then when you look at shots from inside the box, which teams are actually getting into the final box and taking shots from the Sundowns lead, obviously they've played a bit more games, so they're in front there with 45 shots inside the box. But what's surprising is who is second and who is third. Supersport is second on 31 shots. Um, Cape Town City third on 30 shots inside the box. Yet on the other hand, teams that have the fewest shots inside of four, that's also surprising. Only two teams have 10 and fewer shots. The one is Royal AM with nine shots and the other is Kaiser Chiefs with 10 shots inside the box. And this is only counting their first three games. Wait, Kaiser Chiefs as in coaching sake is Kaiser Chiefs? Yes, first three games of the league, just 10 shots inside the box. That's, that's an interesting stat. Um, the second lowest. Royal AM is the lowest with nine shots inside the box. Especially if you're looking at quite a contrast in terms of last season, the chances they, they created. And this season now, that stat that you're putting out. Uh, Sheikh, uh, I see you've, un, you've, unblo- you've, you've unmuted because you have to add in on this one. No, but from what I've seen, guys, like, I'm not even trying to like be funny. I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. From a side that went from how they were playing last season to how they're transitional this time around with less of the ball as well. When you don't have necessarily the ball, then when are you going to take shots? And funny enough, when you were asking them the surprises of the season, I had two. The one surprise for me was just how comfortable it's been for Mamlevi Sundowns. It's been extremely comfortable. I don't even think they've started yet. That's number one for me that I, that I find a little bit scary that they haven't mm. started yet, but they look like they're going to walk it again. And then the second one being, I think with what Mulevi has at that squad, that squad could play a lot better and take more shots in the box, in my opinion. That's what I think. But I'm saying somebody's going to bring in a different di- dimension and say, but yeah, fair enough, uh, they're not taking these shots, they're not, you know, all these num- numbers that we're looking at, they're not positive, but they're still fifth and they still have the same have amount the same of points as, as, as Rivero. No, of course, and they definitely have the same points, but like Opta Jabu said, it's, too, it's still too early to call, and what I liked what Opta Jabu said at the start of the conversation is, the teams that are playing the care football, the teams that are competing for the leagues, the teams that are right at the top there are the ones who control the game and not necessarily the ones who don't control the game. So if any signs suggest that you're not controlling games already, I don't know if whether that remedy is going to bring you something good at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. All right. No, fair enough. Uh, gentlemen, we have to wrap it up. Uh, and before you wrap it up, I think, Jobs, is there any numbers, uh, any numbers that you want to put forward before we can wrap it up? Because I know you've shared something with me. Is it something that I can put on the timeline before you give me those numbers? Yes, you can put that on the timeline. That's a teaser of that research. I guess that's the main thing I can say is there is a research coming. Six years of PSL football analyzed in depth. What happened in passing? What happened with attacking? creativity, shots, XG and goals, defensive trends, and also age analysis. Are players getting older or getting younger? That's going to be coming soon. And let me just take this moment and thank you for for this, for what it, what you are doing right now. Because 
this is something that we have not had the privilege of, 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 of having. And as supporters of the league and as people who really love the league, um, there are different dimensions that we love about the league. And numbers is something that we do not have. And you taking your time and giving us numbers now will end a lot of debates. And we can't thumbsuck a lot of things because we have to see whether our league is growing or whether it's not growing. And thank you for taking your time. I know it's a lot of research. I know it's a lot of funds that you have to put in and, 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 and you know, for you to get all the data. But you doing that for us, um, we are eternally grateful. We really are grateful. All good, brother. All good. All for the love of the game. For the love of the game, indeed. Um, Shega, I'm going to have to close the space because I have to release you. You have to go back and, and live your normal life. So, parting shots. Um, who are you looking forward to? Who do you think is going to win the MTN8? And, yeah, I'm not even going to ask who do you think is going to win the league. No, no, no. Who do you think is going to win the MTN8? Who, who do you think is, 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 is probably going to surprise us some more? Uh, who are you looking forward to seeing the season and, and, and how they play and, and improving at that? Yeah, um, thank you so much for inviting me onto the space. Uh, who do I think is going to win the MTN8? It's going to be a one-off game between Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundowns. Once-off game, it's a it's a tricky one because I think anything can happen in a once-off game. Uh, I think Sundowns is gonna just edge it. I think that's what I would say with regards to the league. The team that I'm most likely looking forward to seeing is Super Sports United. I think they're gonna surprise a lot of teams. I think their squad is a lot stronger than what it was last season, and luckily they will not be going to play a particular team with lone players that are not allowed to play and last but not least yeah let me get back before the lady thinks i'm playing an away game <laughs> all right uh lita your thoughts on the league what you've noticed so far and yeah i think let me throw the mtn8 question to you as well uh, it, we might as well take hear it from from a former player Now, from the from the MTN8, I think for, for me personally, I'm looking forward to finally Sundowns in Paris, which I think will watch a very good game. But uh, I, I think for me, Sundowns will, will probably take it, but it's going to be a very interesting game to watch. Uh, in terms of the league, uh, it seems like Sundowns is going to run away with it again, but I'm, I'm just watching interestingly to see any teams that will challenge sundowns uh, that, that is my main I'm, I'm just waiting to exhale the day i see a team that challenges sundowns for the league title because it seems like they're running away with it some other teams will occupy spaces and fight for those spaces but it seems like they're running away with it once again but thanks thanks uh, for for inviting me and uh, i think it was very interesting to 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 listen to to the other panelists and the information that uh, they've given, especially the, the the stats. It's it's very important to get those quantitative uh, stats from from Ujab. They're very important for us to look at in the I mean, at the game differently than just to mainly what we see, which is not necessarily 
the quantity that we require for us to give uh, a better view of, of the game. But thank you very much for inviting me. No, it's a, it's, it's a pleasure having you here, and I hope it's not the last time that I get to to have you here. Uh, and with regards to stats and 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 you know the analysis that that we bring in here, uh, we try and stay away from the narrative, which would then be football is just a game of opinions. So we try and bring in numbers so that we can have a balanced view, we can have a balanced conversation because um, we don't want to have conversations where they are governed by emotions because then that would then dilute the whole thing and it would be a waste of time for the listener. So I do thank you. Uh, me inviting you into this panel, I knew that like you bring in a wealth of experience and the work that you're doing currently it also, you know, it blends in with the two gentlemen that I've brought in here, and I was trying to balance the scale. And I, and I'm glad we had such a such a lovely conversation. It was a conversation that didn't even leave anyone that's listening into the space in any doubt or confusion, because there were not even for the first time in in, in the history of the space, and that's over two years. Um, there wasn't any question, and there wasn't any request. And I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation. And Thank you for availing yourself and for making time and for, for, for being here. No, thank you very much. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And uh, anytime, if you need me, I'll be here. Thank you, my leader. Uh, Opta, as as usual, thank you, my brother, for for taking your time. I know there was a chance that you were not going to be available, but you have, you've made yourself available. And you are a regular here. And, I, and there's a reason why you're a regular in this space, uh, because I really value the information that you bring is refreshing it's something new it's something that we generally do not see as fans and we we need it we need you on the timeline so i'm going to try as much as possible in my power to have you here because we need you on the timeline and we need you on this platform so thank you very much for availing yourself thank you always a pleasure brother always a pleasure cool Mshega, uh let me release you, my brother. When uh, you know, um, this is home. Mikasa Sukasa, we good to go. So you, you're more than welcome to jump out while I close the space. Nah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. Um, thank you to the panelists as well. Much respect. And there's only one message I have for you, the boy boys. Please, please, never stop these. Please. That's all I. Have. I and, and 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 you know, funny enough, these are the chats that we have even in private. You you tell me the very same thing. And anytime where I feel like I know it's truly, I think of that voice, yeah, how in my head is like, yeah, no, Mshega really puts it. So yeah, I I promise that I will not stop these spaces. We'll continue to have this conversation. And thank you to the listeners that have taken their time. Um, that you could have been anywhere, but you've taken your time and you're here and you're listening in to this, this conversation. I hope you've learned something. I hope. The panel that I've put forward has enlightened you in terms of what it is that's happening. We in no way trying to bash anyone, but we're just trying to bring the truth forward. Um, the type of football that's being played by a team is very important. And I felt that from a numbers point of view, from an analytical point of view, it's very important for us to have these conversations, especially early on in the season, so that we don't get shocked when things change or things get better. We, are, we come from an informed point of view. Thank you for taking your time. Um, as I've indicated earlier on, you could have been anywhere. You are here. You are listening to the space. Do subscribe to our podcast. We are available on Spotify. We are available on Apple Podcasts. We are also available on YouTube. So do take your time. Please do subscribe. And remember to treat the people that you love right. I love you all. Cheers, cheers.
Thank you.